This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Here we go. Okay, Deanna, welcome to the podcast again. Second round. Congratulations. Thank you. Let's make it clear that we're praying right now, and I pray for the uh, the best broadcast possible to reach the most people's lives in the most positive way possible. And job name. So it is. It is. What are we doing right now? Can you describe what we're doing from your perspective while I do a little research? <laughs> we're sitting outside a coffee shop in the car while Divina is taking her nap, uh, recording this podcast, waiting for some divine guidance and interaction cool <laughs> well and so you know everyone that's listening this is our first official partnered podcast with uh ned which is a full spectrum hemp oil company that contains a uh, cbd extracted from the finest organic hemp plants all grown with love on a small 12 acre homestead in the bountiful farmland of something colorado i'm not sure how to pronounce it pannonia uh, it's just the perfect agricultural climate, rich soil, abundance of sunshine, fresh rocky mountain water, and it's from seed to bottle. Oh, you, you, I haven't even been using it because Deanna kind of took I my know. bottle over. What, what just, is? Just reminded me that I forgot my. Oh man. If someone wants to use it, they're going to get fifteen percent off to y'all. And just so you know, they're made from mm. organic, whole, and natural ingredients. Small batch, slow crafted, from local farms and communities. Um, it's a proud member of the one percent for the planet. And during, let's check this out. During the production, Ned energetically infuses all of its products with biannual beats, positive affirmations, and happy vibes. I will say it was kind of a synchronous. I feel like our life is just one big synchronicity. But um, I've been wanting. I've been using different brands in the past, and some are just hard to get a hold of, and some don't ship to certain. I don't know. That was before it was legal, but not all are created equal. And I kind of wanted to find a new one. And then all of a sudden, here you are with this company. And I've been wanting to try it out. But obviously, I have been using it for pain, more specifically menstrual cramps in the past. And I was like, I don't know how to really test it because I don't really deal with things, thank God. But Or thank Goddess. But um, all of a sudden, I had cramps one day. And Dan was like, why don't you try this? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And it's just like, I mean, it's magic. The stuff well, is good. Well, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that because there's been so many CBD brands out there. And I think I one know. of the main differences between this one is this is harvested from a small farm in Colorado where a lot of CBD products, I think, source their hemp from all over the world. And uh, Yeah, I definitely can, I can tell this is, this is good stuff. And it helps my nerves, my mom life stress, my all the things. It's, it's been very good. Someone just messaged me today that ordered said it helped her remember her dreams better too. Oh, and then another common question was something about can you do it while you're breastfeeding? And someone responded about that. But before I get to that, mm-hmm. you basically go to helloned.com slash breaking normal and then use the code breaking normal for 15% off your order. My mom's gotten some, my cousin's gotten some, my wife's gotten some. I'm like, man, I'm happy we partnered with them and maybe we'll get them the farmer who apparently is a gem of a man and or the founders on a future episode while we head towards Colorado for our next tribe design in Breckenridge, which mm-hmm. is June 13th to the 16th, that we actually upped our accommodations to fit 50. 
and I think we still have about 10 spots left. So here we go, about two weeks and 10 spots. I'm so excited to see who takes the leap because in reality, that's how I met you. You came to one of our retreats, our Rob Ross retreat, September 28, 2012. Mm-hmm. And I proposed to you about six months later on April Fool's Day, and we got married the next day at the Orange County Courthouse. What a yep. what an incredibly true story. And now, seven years later, here we are <laughs> in the car with a pit bull between my feet and a baby sleeping on the back seat. <laughs> All right. Um, and then and on the other news of sorts coming up, you have your dream course that's about to be launched at moonandmagic.com. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And this is June your 4th. F- June 4th. And this is your first official launching of a dream course. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be doing live calls live with this group? Live Zoom calls, yes. Uh, every Tuesday for five weeks, I believe. How many people do you have signed up now? I know you were aiming 45. for 52. Wow. And Here we go. Yeah. It's my intuition seems to be on point. You know, when I launched my retreat, I was like, I'm going to sell out in the month. And I did. Oh, for the retreat. So your retreat retreat. sold out, but you still have space on the dream course, which is virtual that people can attend. And when I launched this, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get 52 people. And in my mind, I was like, that's a lot of people. But now I got 45. So, yeah, we'll see. Queen Bee does it again. Um, I want to talk about that course. But just to circle back a second ago, you said, uh, thank goddess. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the difference between God and goddess to you? Well, I think most people associate God with um, a man in the sky or Jesus doing his thing, and I don't. What do you consider God to be? God is an energetic force, not something we can try to personify just to make it uh, fit our parameters of, you know, humans tend to personify things so that we can uh, relate to it easier and God is not a source that you can do that to. To me, what I call God creator source. I rarely use the word God, um, but sometimes for lack of, um, when I don't want to explain myself too much, I'll just say God or source, creator or goddess. Awesome. Because I think, you know, the goddess, the female, is what gives birth to things. And I, I don't think, I'm not about this whole male-female uh, argument, because I think both needs to exist in harmony. But I'm not about this, God is a man in the sky, and it's a masculine, you know. All the women have been cast out of the Bible and all that. But I'm not sure that's the topic of this podcast. So. Well, not all of them, but I, I was about the Father's well, the one God. Like, let's just left. take it back before even maybe the Bible when people considered there was still a masculine and feminine mm-hmm. essence. I mean, there is in magnets, us being a magnet, there's a positive and a negative, a masculine and a feminine. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think about like Father Sky and Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Would the goddess be... I very much relate to that. You do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, let's, let's, get, let's get some questions going on. Yeah, right before I uh, turned this podcast on, I made some posts on my Facebook and Instagram to ask for, to ask for questions, paradoxically mm-hmm. enough. And here's one. Here's one from Lisa Skelton, and we'll both consider these questions. And if mm-hmm. y'all have ever have questions for us after this podcast, what's the best place for people to reach out to you? Uh, Instagram or my email. That would be the same for me. So my name um, is my Instagram, Daniel Eisenman, or my email is Daniel at BreakingNormal dot com. And yours is what's your Instagram? Uh, life as underscore Diana, which is just spelled like Diana. I'm in your email. Um, my name at moonandmagic.com. dot com. As in Deanna at moonandmagic.com, okay. not my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, we're pretty responsive, and we love the questions. I think I adore questions better than answers because I think left in a 
um, a state of curiosity rather than conviction is a more true place to be for oh, me. Yeah, how do you expect to get what you want if you're scared to ask for it? Well, hey, on that question, on that note, let me encourage everyone and myself and you out loud again to continuously to just be relentless and courageous about asking for what we want without being attached to getting it. Do you mm-hmm. see the magic in that? That was exactly what I was about to say, but I figured you would say it. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Here's some questions. The first one is from Lisa Skeleton on my Facebook page. Do you ever get sad? Of course. Who doesn't get sad? It's a human. We need to experience emotions. This idea that we're supposed to exist in as bliss bunnies all day is so, I don't know, a, a twisted new age idea. We're supposed to experience all emotions. It's our guidance system. So is something right for us? Is it not? Do we need to go right or left? You know, we need our emotions to tell us those things. So I think it's healthy to feel sad. It's healthy to feel our, all of our emotions because it tells us where we are with certain things in our life. So, yeah, I do get sad. Yeah, for me... When's the last time you were sad? Well, I would say uh, last night I felt a little sad Aww. because I'm not sure <laughs> if my uh, birthday was addressed by Deanna the way I wanted this to be. I wanted some and sort of like... Some sort of official celebration, I think. Okay, I I wanna um, <laughs> she wants cover to defend my. Herself. I want to defend my. I rarely <laughs> defend myself, but Dan, as you know, is not one to really get into uh, this idea of celebration because every day is a birthday is his response, and he's never really cared that much. And then we ended up moving from Austin and I had all these plans. I was going to get him this one thing is for his birthday present. He ended up going, getting buying it himself because patience is not his thing. And then the other thing that I got Whoa. him, I ended up giving him patience a week earlier. You... So it's like all the presents that I had for you, either you bought yourself or you got earlier because you needed them. And then anyways, now I know that Daniel has tapped into a new, this birthday was catalyzed, a new desire for celebration. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Next year we'll have a big party. Well, and um, for my, regardless of me defending myself on that, my answer is, have I gotten sad? Yes. I, first of all, I don't think there's just eight colors to the rainbow or eight colors to a box of crowns or only eight main emotions. I believe there's infinite iterations of every emotion. So... I can never experience the same sadness or happiness or any emotion more than once, in my opinion. I believe I can experience certain... Let me put it this way. I think most suffering for people, most of the time, comes from trying to avoid things they that have happened before. Such as emotions. Or, recre- or trying to recreate something that's happened before. And I think both are impossible because I think nothing happens twice. Well, that more so than that, also just in general, wanting to avoid certain emotions. People go a long distance to try to avoid feeling sad, covering themselves so they won't, you know, get angry or feel disappointed. Disappointment is a big one. And really everything is about perception and your opinion. And one thing I love about our retreats, um, Tribe Design more specifically, is that we create this space to allow people to explore their emotions and know that they're just observers of their emotions. They're experiencing, they are, they are not their emotions. And I think people have that epiphany. Sometimes it's like we know things, we can rationally think about things, but when we actually get to experience it from a different uh, perspective, it hits us in a different way. And so... Yeah, I think it might be pretty sad for someone to try to avoid something that's... But most people do. ...temporarily happening. Because there is this idea of what resist persist. So if someone's trying to avoid sadness... 
that might, and rather than letting it flow through them as a check engine light. Um, and being sad, like you said, I think it's a very healthy process, especially if something is saddening, then I think let the energy flow, but let the energy be a, in motion. That's not a common thought process for many. Many people don't even know that they have an option to look at their emotions from a certain thing. I think most people are victim to their emotions. It's, you can kind of compare it to people that just buy whatever food is at the grocery store because it's safe. It's in the grocery store, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Like, why would you put bad things in the grocery store? It's there for us to buy. And the same with their emotions. It's like, no, there is actually, you don't have to be a victim to what is just there. You can choose to look at it from a different perspective. And all of a sudden, you're the experience or what is that word <laughs> well, you experience it yeah I th and also i think if someone stays in a state of sadness that is a situation where they're covering up maybe madness which they're covering up maybe frustration which maybe they're covering up love um so i think if we keep pulling back the layers yeah we might cry a little bit but at the core of all of us i believe is unconditional love so Life is a bit like an onion. Keep peeling it back, even if you cry. And um, I, I, I have a. I want to start going eventually through this list, the master list of questions that yeah. will be eventually on the Breaking Normal app, where we do like thirty seconds each. Mm -hmm. But I'll take a little. We'll take a little bit more time for these questions that people took the time to ask on their okay. social media sites. Next. So thank you, Lisa. Uh, Lance, if you remember Lance from our Montana tribe design, mm -hmm. this is a cool question. He says, since I've known y'all. You have been fairly nomadic. That's true. I've been traveling for about 11 years. <laughs> what pra I've either like monthly or seasonally most of the time. What practices do you each have and have together to stay harmonious and centered during travel and constant change that creates the potential for friction? I think we've always been fairly good at spending a lot of time together. I mean, just think of the first... I mean, I want to say the first three years or something of our relationship, we barely spent like three days apart. And I think it's important for people to realize that our relationship was founded at a Rob Browse retreat, meaning that we did, we, we revealed what I think is like 99.9% of the information that we thought would ruin the relationship. So that kind of left us in a space where there's nothing left to hide and more to highlight. However, as time got on, went on, that balance can go one way or the other. Yeah. And um, that's not to say that it's not healthy to t spend time apart, but we did create a relationship from a place where we knew that we functioned well together. And, and, and I think for me, the belief that a happiness shared as, an ha as a happiness doubled, whereas a sadness shared is a, a sadness halved. And that could be replaced like a joy shared is a joy doubled, a joy shared, I mean, a um, sorrow shared is a sorrow halved. So I think that we have been in a very synergistic space. And at the same time, I know, yeah, like you're saying, we've been really good at spending time together, but we've also been really good at time spending, spending time apart. Uh, maybe me better than you. No, not even, I'm not saying for trips, but I'm saying like an hour a day or taking a walk by myself or doing my breathing by myself. That's fine. That, that, I'm, I'm answering Lance's question. Yeah. One of my ways I probably maintain harmony and create weather, my own weather amongst the chaos around me is to make sure I carve out space almost every day where I take time to breathe, where I take, it's kind of like a breathing meditation um, you can even look it up on YouTube. It's called Breaking Normal Yin-Yang Breath Set. That's one thing that I've done over the years 
over the past several years that I think that has helped me maintain the harmony of my own magnet so I can magnetize with Deanna even more. But it seems like Deanna's triggered about something now. So I'm curious <laughs> what's coming up for you. Are you going to answer Lance's question or defend yourself again? <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to defend myself and I'm not sure what I would defend myself about, but um, it, yeah, it's definitely, it's been much more challenging for me having a child because I find that I guess as the mother somehow I was the main like I deal with the child I, I don't want to use the word deal with that sounds negative but um the load has been more on me and so for me to take it like an hour off has not always been that easy and I find myself overwhelmed a lot and so I guess how we stay centered and grounded I think is definitely for me to make sure that we're staying in one place for at least a week or two this whole like changing airbnb every day makes me want to pull my hair off (laughs) okay well and um so that's how she doesn't stay harmonious Uh, other ways i've stayed harmonious which is something i've talked about publicly quite a bit and it's been like a a little bit of a mixed up relationship in the past i think i've become more cohesive with it now since i've taken breaks like extended breaks recently i took a week break but a lot of my plant friends i mean like this cup of coffee. I can be anywhere in the world and have a cup of coffee and kind of create that sacred space for myself. Coffee time. I can do that with tobacco. I can do that with ganja. I can do that with beer. And these are these are controversial the topics. Drugs. Yeah, these are controversial topics, but I do think there's a big difference between using them versus being used by them and uh, realizing that I'm in a relationship with them and I'm not in a dependent, codependent relationship, but an interdependent relationship. And that hasn't always been easy over the years, but just recently I took a while, I took a break from them and that was a big deal. And then I also, speaking of time together and time apart, Deanna took a trip to her healing school, right? Mm -hmm. While I weaned Davina off breast milk, I was there for her to come off of that. And that was a huge ordeal. And that was a huge deal for our relationship, I would say. And that's been happening over the last few years as you... Deanna has been attending first last year a dream course, this year um, a healing course that's three different times throughout the year. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And then also you just went for that breathwork course. And yeah, it's a it's a balance. But I think to answer the long story short, to answer your question, Lance, I think is clear communication. I, I remember our friend uh, Pat Allen who renewed our vows in Southern, is hailing right now, by the way, um, in Southern California. Uh she is a relation, a relationship expert, and and from what I, what I remember from her beliefs are for a relationship to last long, to for a long-lasting, healthy relationship, it, there's three C's: there's chemistry, communication, and compatibility. I think our strongest out of the bat was chemistry. I've been a big believer in following my biology slash boner, and I've always taken a note when like my biology turns on when I'm in the presence of a woman, and Deanna turned my biology on. <laughs> And we both really were committed to communicating clearly when our biology turns on, turns off, and we're facing sorrows or sadnesses versus facing happinesses and joys and just being very open about that. Whereas I think our compatibility has been our strongest struggle. Compatibility. <laughs> compatibility. Yeah. But we've gotten better at that. I think I think just really keeping our strong suits, our communication and chemistry has helped us tap into deeper sure levels of compatibility. In, in that order, though. Like yeah, she if, believes the one that's the most important for uh, a sexual relationship, a romantic relationship, the last longest is the chemistry. Without the chemistry, she believes you're more just friends. Have you ever been in a relationship where you felt like there wasn't the chemistry and you were just more friends with the person? Like y'all were just so compatible that... Well, I think that happened 
after a time. You know, for, for a lot of people, the chemistry can fade as you get deeper into the relationship and different aspects of our, everyone's shadows start to um, show up. And so for a long-lasting relationship, I don't know, because if the chemistry can fade, you know, anything can happen, you know, well, some people gain weight when they get in a relationship, some people, whatever. And so if it's only based upon chemistry or mainly upon chemistry, then I don't see how that's really a recipe for a long-lasting relationship. Yeah, I think all three are important. The yeah. holy trinity of C's. <laughs> um, I got some more questions coming in and that hail is crazy it reminds me of when the first time you attended your healing I mean your dream school in Berkeley oh, yeah. hey, I had a call scheduled with Hay House Publishing and they wanted to publish my book and they were like asking about the flexibility we were in what San Francisco yeah. and we were at, they were asking about the flexibility of me not being so explicit about some of my confessions and I was like whoa I was thinking like wait a minute you are asking me to take out the part of the book that so many people have thanked me to be so to be so explicit and confessional about that it was like arguably the biggest impact for many people. Yeah. And as this conversation was happening, it started hailing. And the author that Deanna was studying under was published by Hay House. And allegedly, not everything was published in the book that he necessarily wanted to. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. And what was his interpretation when you, you told him this? Oh, well, so I talk a lot about merging realities of the symbolism of the dream world and how you can carry it over to the waking world. And um, in the context of hail, it means destruction. And so obviously that's not a good omen when you start talking about doing certain things like publishing a book and taking certain things out that was not a positive omen so pretty crazy pretty wild um and maybe i'll work with hay house in the future but for whatever reason it didn't seem That's like it was a fit on either end and especially with the omen of hail mm -hmm. so what is this what do you think about this hail right now i didn't pay attention to when it started I think it means i think it's a symbol for us to talk about this maybe it means some author or some influencers listening to this and they're considering cutting out some of their content to fit the constraints of some sort of publisher and maybe well, that's I not worth say it that's in general for life don't ever um you know and, and the funny thing is because i've i've been studying a lot of you know be it in this life or a past life a lot of esoteric things and Raj even brought it up when we were at the house in Colorado I was contemplating how I wanted to do this uh, cacao ceremony and really have people dive deep and I was like well I don't know if people will be ready for it and it might be too much and I was explaining how I wanted to not dumb it down but definitely maybe water it down a little bit and he was like no uh-uh don't do that you are the bridge you are the one that's supposed to provide and give this information um, with a different context to people and so that was just a really powerful reminder to myself to be like yeah you know I do my thing and it's potent and the ones who are ready for it will receive it and if they're not they're not but don't ever water anything down or take anything out that you feel like is important information. Yeah, yeah, because that information will probably be much more valuable than any paycheck anyone can receive. And actually, yeah. speaking of Raj, that's my most previous podcast episode. I'd mm -hmm. highly check it out, especially if you're yeah. intrigued by the concept of gift economy and money in general. And um, yeah, on the topic of money, I, I just want to encourage myself again and everyone listening to when money is a topic to realize that money is a symbol of value and value is infinite. And we all have infinite um, 
abilities to tap into infinite value. So all of us are rich. We all have access to all the money in the world. And to not get caught up in the symbol or the menu of success, but rather to enjoy the meal. Even, even if you're not having the meal you want right now, sometimes that patience pays. So to ask, how much is making this money costing you? How much is saving this money costing you? How much is spending this money costing you? Because money and value are not the same things. Oh, yeah. So before we list, move on to the master list of the Breaking Normal questions, because I know Davina is probably in the middle of her dream and <laughs> getting ready to come out of it, um, let's answer this one more question by someone named Flobes on my Facebook. Biggest accomplishment this year? Question mark? Hmm. I would say a launch. Today's June 2nd, so halfway done, <laughs> halfway through. I would say launching my retreat and launching... My dream course. Those are the two big things that I've been doing. Because I've been holding on for a very long time. And this year has been a powerful year of opening the floodgates of my gifts. So for me, that, that would be it, I think. Yeah, for me, I would say that just the continuous path of following the wildness of my heart rather than the practicality and the logic of culture and my mind. And what that has produced is, firstly, where we're at right now in New Mexico in this enchanted ex evolutionary exploration of potentially looking for a longer-term home base and all that that's brought up for us. All because I had a dream. Um, <laughs> everything you've done, you know, holding space and somehow creating a container where you were able to launch your, your first retreat, sell it out, where you're launching your dream course with seven more spots left to your goal. Um, that's a big deal. Seeing Davina walk and talk every day and all of us with our health and wealth and vitality, that's a huge freaking accomplishment. Um, living in Austin for a while, living in Hawaii for a while, all, uh, doing two tribe designs and having a third one come up, these are all a huge accomplishments. I'm in the midst of building my app and I mean, I can go on and on, but I think the core of it is letting yeah, my heart lead my way. Not, not plural. Yeah, well, my accomplishment is leading <laughs> by my heart. <laughs> I was just giving some of the examples that came from that. <laughs> She's Louise. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer one more for on the Facebook. This is from Angeline Watts, who I've done several Captain Obvious sessions with. She's awesome. Um, she's asking how to ask for what I want without getting stressed out. LOL about it. For example, most of the time I feel drained after asking for what I want, and I want to know how do I ask and feel good about asking. That's from Angeline. I'm curious how one feels drained after asking for what you want. Uh, there's a different energetic attachment because if you're just asking, hey, could you go get me a cup of coffee right now? That shouldn't make one feel drained. Yeah, my... Yeah, I, this is somewhere where we agree. <laughs> As you can see, me and Deanna has a lot of chemistry. We all we kind of have different answers to these, but this is one where we are cohesive, I'd say, for sure. I am judging... Angeline, that you must have some sort of attachment to asking for what you want, because if you weren't attached, you wouldn't be disappointed by the answer, or you wouldn't feel drained. You might feel disappointed, but you wouldn't feel drained. Um, so I'm wondering if you're asking what you're asking for. It's like the answer is a big deal for me. When I've been able to ask for what I want, like, and regardless of the answer, can I still just have the courage to ask for what I want in this moment, even if they say yes, even if it's for a million dollars? Like, by me giving myself permission to ask for that in a clear way, that's where I get my energy from, regardless of the answer. Or it's because she's asking for the same thing over and over from a certain person, and she feels strained repeating it. That I mean, that's another angle, because it's, it's a little cryptic. 
Yeah, I'm on, that's a good point. Yeah, Angelina, we could dive deeper into that. Maybe at the Breckenridge Tribe Design. Oh, or, she's coming? Uh, potentially. Oh. I think she's looking for a way to make it happen because I also believe she believes there's no well, way. There's no way. She has to first have a dream. Yeah, well, what would you what would you recommend her dreaming about? This is a great what time to talk about the well, dream. Well, depends what, what the obstacle that is. is. Okay, it's probably a fun, if I had to guess, it's probably a fear of leaving family and the judgments of the family. You know, like her doing her own thing and not and playing big rather than staying small in her family dynamics, mm-hmm. and that and also manifesting the money to make it happen. All those are a lot of different things. Well, what was you? What do you mean? She has to have a dream about it. Tell me about that. Well, because this could be just as an avatar example for so many people's desires. Yeah, I mean, first you have to obviously destroy the dreams that are creating the obstacle, and the obstacle could be ancestral patterns. It could be general. Uh, just destructive, repetitive pattern I patterns think it is. of your subconscious. It's knowing her, and it's probably an ancestral pattern that she gets to destroy by dreaming about it. So how does yeah. someone do that? Well, uh-huh. does she want to do it in the dream world or the waking world? Let's do it in the dream world. <laughs> um, if you want to deal with ancestral trauma or ancestral things, you dream of dogs. Um, the simple ways to just call a bunch up, upon a bunch of dogs and have it rain upon them. To rain upon the dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, and then uh, she Araya's in the car right now. And it's raining outside. Does this work? <laughs> it works. Uh, she, you have to, they have to be soaking wet. But so she has to learn how to lucid dream, obviously. And um, do you think someone could do that in the real world? As a side note, do you think I could manifest rain on a dog while I'm awake? Yeah. I've done. I, I know during some of my Captain Obvious sessions, some stuff happened with the weather and the lights, and I was like, "What in the heavens is going on right now?" Jesus could walk on water. So can you. Not everyone wants to put in the effort of practicing and learning. Well, I think also not everyone wants to put the effort in because of the fear of failure. Oh yeah, or the fear of success. Uh, well, that's even under, that's like the sadness and the <laughs> happiness. Like the 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 core is love slash success, and the surface may be sadness slash the fear of failure. Mhm. So, is there a dream someone can do to get over their fear of failure or fear of success? Um. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, the the practice is it's deep, obviously deeper than I can cover in a few minutes if you're wanting to get into more questions. Well, if for anyone um, that wants to go deeper, they can sign up for the dream course, but what would be the sur- scratching the surface of that for? Well, to dream of more money or get more money, you would want to dream of turtles or crocodiles, but not in water. They would have to be out of water. Um Ideally, in a field of flower would be beneficial, or you would have to, you could fly in some way, you can actively kill or burn the very thing that represents the thing that's stopping you. Yeah, there's, there's multiple ways. Oh man, I'm stoked for all the people that are coming through that course. I know, and they're going to hear have their, their testimonies on minds my so, so fascinating. <laughs> all right, so let's move, you know, we're, ha- we're 30 minutes in, let's Let's do some 30-second fast res- questions and responses. How does that sound to you? Mm-hmm. You can just pick a, a question from this list, mm-hmm. and we'll do 30 seconds, and we'll go back and forth. I'll ask you first. Are you ready? Okay. When did you feel the best today? When I was sitting outside on the, when I was sitting on, outside on the property in the sun, I was on the phone with my stepdad, and I'd had a rough morning with Davina wanting to get me out of bed and somehow sitting out there on the land just took away all my worries, all my stress, all my concerns. And I was just so blissfully enjoying the beauty of 
that our creator has put here for us to enjoy. 28 seconds. Wow, yeah. good job. That that was better than when we had sex? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, your turn now. We're only going back and forth. <laughs> I had to sing <laughs> Wheels on the Bus in between. Maybe I happily suppressed that. Um, for context, we were trying to sneak. We, we Well, more than trying. We were sneaking in some intimate time while Davina was watching the wheels on the bus and she she was getting curious of what was going on in the bedroom so Deanna was in and out while I was up and down if you know what I mean <laughs> now I was up most of the time. what's your biggest pet peeve okay uh I think people that can't on themselves especially the people that that argue for their limitations in front of me and they're almost whether they're consciously or unconsciously looking for me to support their limited thinking and then when I refuse to do that and do the opposite they get triggered that that's a bit of a pet peeve like when someone almost seems vigilant about trying to convince me of why they can't do something that pisses me off and pisses me off enough to do something about it. <laughs> 30 seconds. What's your soul's purpose? Oh. My soul's purpose. I believe we all come to earth to experience, to learn. And really life is just one big experience after another. So what? what's my desire and what's my purpose? This may be, I don't know if that's different from my soul's purpose. But for me personally... Um, show people the beauty of life and to simplify and beautify life and show them that there are so many more worlds in between. 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Okay. I love creative constraints of 30 seconds. There's this argument. I read this wor- book once called Words Can Change Your Brain and he makes a strong case that when people are in communication in a group that no one really needs to speak for 30 seconds most of the time. What's your biggest desire in life? clock it. Um, my biggest desire in life, I think, is what I said was my biggest accomplishment, to be led by the Holy Spirit of the creator of my life, the creator of the universe, and to find awe and wonder and inspiration and health and vitality by by exploring the mystery of life with a flexible mind and open heart. And to, uh, yeah, see the heaven that's already here. I'd say you do a pretty good job of that. Okay. What's it like to be you? <laughs> Magnificent and magical and mysterious. <laughs> what? You got six seconds. I'm just shocked by this hail right now. I trust everyone can hear us okay. I know. The one time I decided to do the podcast in the car, which is awesome. Who knew hail was going to be hitting the glass window? Well, what does oh, that mean? Oh, you got 20 seconds. Yeah, it's it's magical. That's my best word. One of a kind. We're gonna, we're gonna hold thirty Beautiful. seconds to. Okay, you ask me. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> What's the one moment that has had the biggest impact on your life spiritually, or oh. just on your life? I would say the one that came right to heart. There's so many I could think of Davina's birth, but the one that came first, just for the sake of answering first, was when I flipped my mom's car down the cliff on the school bus lane, um, trying to prove my physics teacher wrong that you couldn't take a curve at 35 miles per hour. Actually, I did it at 35 miles per hour. Then I did. It. Then I wanted to take it a step farther in 40 miles per hour, and then I flipped my mom's Lincoln Ellis down the school bus lane cliff. At that point, I realized there are consequences to my choices. 
and that's a big spiritual realization. Yeah, I would say that's a that's a really. I think that's the one thing that a lot of people are scared of, the consequence. That's why maybe a lot of people. I'll speak for myself in the past. Um, I had a hard time deciding, like, do I want A or do I want B, and then it became easier for me to not make a choice at all. This is really loud. This hail. I know. I'm wondering if I can pull somewhere else and like, so we can protect the hail. Hail yeah, here we go. Maybe we'll name this podcast Hail Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, the consequences. But I wouldn't let that stop you from making a decision and choosing regardless. That was just my reminder. That was your commentation on my response. Do you want me to ask you a question now? Here we go. Ready for 30 seconds? What? I didn't get to answer that. But what do you mean? You you just asked me, do you want me to ask you a question? And then you just do it. Mm. But you didn't allow me. To oh, use. I thought that was already I know, the context. But is I'm that, just catching you. Is that a yes now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Ready? <laughs> what oh my God. were you most afraid of as a child? Oh, um, the ghosts, uh, the spirits that were living in the house and the room that I grew up in. It was absolutely terrifying i would tell my mom every day that i could feel there's something staring at me following me haunting me and she didn't she just said oh it's not true and then 10 years later when we moved out and i asked her about it again she was like oh yeah it was it was true i just knew if i um if i admitted it you would run away from home so i lied um but that was the absolute most terrifying thing ever wow thank you for the answer um If you had one wish, what would you wish for? Well, firstly, I'd like to say I have infinite wishes. But considering the example, I'm like rubbing a genie in the bottle and the the genie comes out and asks me that, and I would say, can I ask for infinite wishes? No. And then if I only had one right now, I would say... Uh, to wish is to li- to live the best life possible, mm. not only for me but for everyone that's ever in my life, ever will be in my life, and ever is in my life. Where it only gets better and better, and that we embody that, embody that uh, upward spiral of success. Do you not believe that that's just the case? Like that is what's happening. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I, I do trust that, and that's why everything I, is always working uh, out best case scenario. So. Yep, <laughs> I trust that. Um, okay. Whoa, this one's a big one. <laughs> came right to my eyes how many sexual partners have you had <laughs> uh, do you really want me to answer well, that you got it. 20 more seconds like 25 more seconds <laughs> yeah, you, you, know, you do what you want yeah I'm not sure I want to say that we'll just let the 25 we'll let the 15 seconds roll see if anything else comes up from that mm-hmm. enough enough good answer <laughs> Your turn to ask me. Where are you feeling the most in your body right now? <laughs> I feel some wetness under my armpits. Um, like that. I definitely feel that moistness. I think I feel that most of my body is like my head, actually, with these headphones wrapped around it. It's and and then I think my yeah, in my head. I feel the most around my head, on my skull, on the top of my head, and um, 
I'll take this opportunity to remind everyone to sensationalize life. Rather than trying to interpretate everything that's happening to your body, to amplify it and to enjoy it, rather than trying to throw it into a category. My turn to ask you. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to make a little note <laughs> on that. It's the exact same that happens with the dream world. Everyone just wants to lay back, have a dream, wake up, and be like, what does that mean? Like, everyone is excited about interpreting, but the true meaning of dreams is to co-create your reality. So you decide what you dream, not just to wake up and be like, oh, this happened in my dream. What does that mean? It's not about just interpreting it. And no, you, there is more than just that one moment where your teeth fell out that and you can't just do a Google search on it. Let that be it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, here's your question. When's the last time you cried and why? Mm, that was that, uh, the day we were in Breckenridge. I guess that was like a week ago. You mean I, Telluride? Telluride, yes. Um, and I was driving around, Devine was sleeping, and I was looking out the window at the, you know, snow-capped mountain tops and I was crying because I was so happy. Like I was laughing and crying because I was so happy, so grateful, so blissful and joyful. And that was a really powerful, happy cry. Right on the dot. Are you going to ask me? Mm-hmm. Jesus or Buddha? Jesus or Buddha? Um, I would... I kind of chuckle at that question and be like both uh Jesus I believe metaphorically represents like the sacrifice for suffering that we don't have to experience anymore and to bridge the like bridging the gap of him living a life beyond the fear of death and experiencing the fear of death and acting as a symbolic savior for us whereas Buddha shows the power of one mind. I believe Buddha is one mind, Jesus is one heart. My 30 seconds is up. What do you mean by um, you don't have to suffer anymore because he did? Did you, you keep going past the 30 second questions? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think um, yeah, that I think Jesus represents that we don't have to physically walk ourselves to the crucifix but we can metaphorically do that every day to receive the Holy Spirit. That doesn't really make sense to me. So you're saying we don't have to suffer? Yeah, what I'm saying is like you don't have to sacrifice your physical well-being for the the improvement of others. And you think people were doing that before? Yeah, yeah. How so? And I still, I still think people do. Yeah. Oh, I think people like in certain religious practices, they'll they'll cause themselves pain uh-huh. in order to experience connection. Oh, there's a part of Christianity that does that too, right? Oh, like there's the many interpretations of Christianity, uh, yeah, which is not the same as Jesus. Yeah. Christianity wasn't a religion when Jesus was around. I know, he was Jewish, right? Well, I think <laughs> but if, if Judaism is a religion or an ethnicity, that's another whole conversation. <laughs> And what's the and they are both. That's like if I thought you were awesome you're, at you're that, I'll create a religion around you. <laughs> Maybe that's already happening. Oh, that's a good question. Here we go. Here we go. This is one of the questions. Thirty seconds. Where, where, what place does religion have in your life? Oh, I would say not much of a place. The biggest place it has had a place has been the conflict between your family and me, which has been maybe the hardest part of our relationship. I think. 
Um, and that has really tainted my view on religion. It was not really a thing I experienced much of growing up in Denmark, but then how I experienced here has been very not pleasant. Um, so I, I think religion is man-made to make sense of things that can't be made sense of. Yeah. She's searching the list. What's your most memorable travel experience? I would say right now because it's the freshest. I mean, we're traveling <laughs> literally, metaphorically. Um, we're traveling so much. So right now. Um, but if I'm going to answer it in a more normal way, hmm, I'm going to just go with the Waiapio Valley. That's another recent one that really struck me. Waiapio Valley in the Big Island of Hawaii. A long time ago, I wanted to go there and I got hurt. And there's allegedly you're supposed to be invited to go down there. And this time I felt truly invited and had one of the most like illuminating experiences of my life, just seeing that land and being with the people that live on it. <sighs> if you could possess one superhuman power, what would it be? Superpower. Um. Good question. Oh, oh, I mean, I could say something like flying, but that's not much different than astral travels. I could say reading your mind, but that's not really different than um, telepathic communication. Um, what else kind of superpowers are there? Like s super strength? Yeah. I don't, that, yeah. My turn. <laughs> ask me, ask me. What did you want to be when you were younger? Um... I think I wanted to, that was like, a, I don't know, that was like such a meme, like what do you want to be when you're older, you and I'm like, man, I think I knew from the beginning that I'm always growing up, so what I want to be when I was younger is what I am now, and I did have this fantasy of playing like professional baseball, and not to say it was an unreachable fantasy, but I'm not sure if that was my fantasy or as much as my parents and my peers, because they saw that I was really good at baseball, and that seems like this socially successful route to take. Okay. <laughs> Hail is nuts, Greg. Podcast producer. I hope you I trust you can kinda edit some of that out. Um what's been your best sexual experience? <laughs> oh, that question sounded sabotaging to me right off the bat. Um uh, I think there was that one time in Sedona maybe where you were you are so much more present than perhaps you've ever been. Like, I was able to really feel you in a different way. Um, and that created a really deep, otherworldly connection between us, which is to, what, to me, is most important. Your turn. <laughs> Wrap this up. Maybe we'll do, like, three more each. Um... What's the thing you've done today that you're the least proud of? <laughs> I saw that question earlier, and I was like, I wonder if she's going to ask me that. <laughs> least proud of today. <sighs> Maybe potentially um, like staying in bed because I was a little upset and tired, and like instead of getting out of bed and spending time with you and Davina during the sunrise, kind of staying asleep. And then... Maybe craving tobacco, but I don't know if that that's just like a typical headiness that I, I've dealt with in the past. It's gone now. I think that's my answer. 
Have you ever bullied or been bullied by someone? Yes. Oh, my God. I definitely started out, um, you know, as most kids, rough situation at home, become the bully, and then I don't think, no, I don't think I was bullied. Well, there were two. There was me and this other girl. She was Turkish, and we had a serious... Uh, power dynamic going on and so we would bully each other like we, it was like a power struggle thing I mean what had I been like 10 it's absurd to even think back on but I definitely let my frustration of my um, family dynamics come out by bullying other people which is something that I'm really not proud of Let me take a little puff of tobacco while I'm <laughs> What around. are you manifesting today? Uh, what I'm manifesting today is um, some form of over a million dollars, whether it's uh, in the form of like a real estate acquisition or if it's literally the money or if it's something that can like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Create that much value. Mm. So whether it's something, a gift someone gives me or real estate that I get or sell so many breaking normal books that I get a million dollars in my bank account, but uh, basically unavoidable abundance, mm. unavoidable financial abundance and holistic. Cool. 30 seconds. Do you have some questions for us? Mm, there's two. Okay. So maybe we'll do one more of these and then we'll reference your social media questions. Sure. What is your earliest memory? Being in my mother's womb. Are you going to tell us more about that? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was doing a meditation one day and I had memories of being there and it was this weird dynamic of wanting to experience earth but not wanting, like I was feeling all of my mother's pain and it was like not a pleasant experience. Um... And, like, having this feeling of, like, not wanting to be born. Uh, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a powerful, powerful memory. But then from there till, like, I don't know, five, I feel like I have no memories. Only from what I've seen. Oh, well, that's not true. I have some. But that that's the earliest. Well, that depends if you're talking past life, because that would be even earlier. Well, so. let's cheat a little bit. Now that we've gone through some of the 30-second okay. questions, what do you mean? You think you've had memories of your past life? Yeah, for sure. Tell us about this. I have multiple memories of past lives. Like when you're sleeping, when you're just sitting awake? No, uh, yeah. When I've been to certain places, see certain things, it triggers a... Uh, it has triggered a memory, a vision. When I'm meditating, um, I believe I've gone back to some of those places in the dream world as well. But mostly intentionally visualizing and meditating yeah wow and then well i guess people will learn more about that in the dream course is that in all, at all involved in your dream course do you all tackle that topic uh past life no but it's maybe something that i could consider bringing up is that relevant to the dream world um not really ancestral. what is it relevant to what is past life experiences relevant to are you kidding me it's so relevant I'm because not, a lot I'm not of kidding the you. that's why i'm asking you <laughs> What you experience in a past life, those qualities that you had, you carry those in your in your soul imprint. So you can utilize those for 
I don't know, let's say you were a, a king or a leader in a past life. It's funny, like, whenever people talk about past life, no one was the ordinary, you know, guy next door. Everyone was a king or a priestess or empress or whatever. Um, but you can use those I like qualities. That word, empress. I want to use that more. Yeah. What's the difference between an empress and a princess and a queen? Well, it's princess, queen, empress. Oh, an empress is above a queen? Yeah. I think so. I think so. I well, an empress is in a different. It's not like the typical king queen empire that you would think of. Uh, what are my past lives? If I have any. Oh shit! I had one vision of you in a past life one day, and I now I don't remember what it was, but it was pretty potent. I think I told you about it, did I not? I'm not sure. I have a feeling I'm a bit of a killer. <laughs> still, yeah. still. I mean, just last night I saw Divina, Deanna kill a fish. Oh, You're God. a killer too. I I that. I did a prayer. I thanked it, and and then ate it. It was it was beautiful. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, it's different when we're like when you're sourcing your own food. Although I think we like. we're not eating that. We didn't eat that fish yet. That's the one that's still in the oven, isn't I it? I don't know. Anyways, but yeah. So past lives. Why you want to be aware of your past lives is because you can utilize that. You can call upon those. Um, gifts that you had so let's say you're a good writer you're a doctor you were whatever it was that you were embodying in a past life you can you, you can call in those energies and activate them in this life and a lot of times when you had past life experiences with other people and you meet them again in this life that's a lot of what is playing out so oftentimes when people just don't understand why is this person acting like this why am i having struggles with this person why am i attracted to this person it's very likely a past life pattern that's playing out of unfinished business and it might not make sense to you in this life. And I mean, I've had multiple st stories of those and it's, it's, I feel like it's really important to learn about your past lives because it will, because of the human tendency to want things to make sense and, um, you know, cater to our left brain, knowing your past lives will have a lot of these mysterious situations make a lot more sense to you. Which will maybe calm, calm you down. <laughs> well, how do you suggest someone finding out more about their past lives? Uh, that's if you can, you know, depends on how visual and how skilled you are. Guided meditations. Uh, you can do past life regression session. You can ha get a reading from a clairvoyant or, uh, I don't like the word psychic, but yeah, intuitive. That and doesn't sound so Bible friendly. I know, and I'm all about that. It might be battle-friendly, depending <laughs> on the interpretation. Well, that reminds me, like, I had a conversation with one, um, someone one day who didn't like the word witch, and I was like, well, what do you even associate the word witch with? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, why do you not like something that you don't even know what is? And I think that's the case for a lot of stuff in the Bible. It's like, well, the Bible says it's wrong, but most people don't even know what that thing is that they think is wrong is. Because a witch is really just a wise woman. woman. Um, it... it Back in the day, if you were a midwife and you had knowledge about plant medicine or herbs, you were a witch and you were burned at the stake. So, midwives, bye bye. <laughs> well, now that we obviously triggered. <laughs> now that we hit over the fifty-two minute mark, and that grocery store next to us does have watermelon and cheese. I know you want to get some of that for Davina. Maybe we can mm -hmm. grab that while she's sleeping. Do you want to explore these last two I questions you have? We would probably want to get that while she's awake. No. Well, it's just right there. Okay. Um, how to know when to let go of a relationship, even if you love and care for the person deeply? Wow. I would say I just posted a video on my IGTV of how when to let go of a relationship, and I explored that. And that, that's what I would say. I would say check okay. out my answer out on that. Do you have one? 
No, Good. that sounds like a good. I think I remember filming that video for you. You that like that like exploration, one. huh? Yeah, and the other one is how to not be neurotic about eating healthy. Goodness, that is a deep one for a lot of people. Oh, man, I'm gonna firstly just say right off the bat, come to eating. a retreat and we'll show you and knock some sense into you. I like that. <laughs> that. Eating is a big part of our retreats because arguably that's what tribes do. Like I would define a tribe as a group of people telling stories around the light to be less afraid of the dark, but also sharing food. Food is what connects us. Like sharing food is a huge part of the tribal nature of human beings. And it's a privilege to eat. There are infinite flavors, infinite ingredients, infinite foods. And it's not just the ones they serve in the freaking grocery store. Go learn how to forage your own food. Go learn how to hunt your own food. Go learn how to fish your own food. Learn how to become a sovereign being when it comes to food. And I bet you'll become less neurotic about it. Well, I think a lot of the neuroticism comes from thinking that there is one size fits all. And so, Someone is trying to find that right thing when everything is so individual. There's not one thing that suits everyone. And so it's a matter of tapping into your unique body. What is going on in your body based on what you inherited from your ancestors, your, uh, your parents, environment, your, your environment, environment, what, what you've experienced, what kind of medicine you've been taking in the past. There's so many different elements. And it's such and a so, gift to explore that. Yeah. But then the, the, a lot of times the stress comes from people not being able to tune into their own um, body, their intuition, which is a big thing that I focus on because when you can tune into your own intuition, your own body, like you become your own Oracle. You don't need to look for outside sources and that process can be challenging for a lot of people. But once you do something like eating, all the things that you will do will become so simple and sure it's easy to say while on the other side, but explore for yourself and it comes from also having confidence the more confidence you have the less neurotic you will be about certain things because you trust yourself and the steps that you will take and so even if you think you're making a mistake you know that there is no such thing as mistakes that it's all just an opportunity opportunity to learn and once you learn from all of your experiences that's what life is one big learning process and that's how you become less neurotic. Yeah, I would say learn to love, love to learn, to realize that one man's medicine can be another man's poison, and that sometimes the medicine is actually in the poison, and the poison is in the dose. And I would reference the Everything is Natural chapter from the Breaking Normal book <laughs> and the podcast I did with Naveen Jain, and consider doing a gut biome test a gut biome test to see what might be best for you. I'm waiting for my results, and that was a freaking fun experience to realize how much gold is in my poop. I bet, you know, I haven't taken it, but I, yeah, yeah, I'll be curious. What, what were you going to say? I bet there is a lot, uh, there might even be things that science haven't even been able to catch up of course. to yet, so there's probably science a is lot always catching up. <laughs> other things um, that, you know, just for people not to think there's like, this is going to be the cure, this is going to be the answer. The the answer is to be able to tune into yourself. Once again, that's that's why I'm so passionate about that because it it creates this like yeah you don't you just you got it like you got this. Well, look at that. We're almost in an hour. Davina's blessed us with her dream time. Yeah. And speaking of that, check out Deanna's dream course. What is it? Moonandmagic.com. Yes. And then um, join us up in Breckenridge, Colorado for the next Tribe Design if you're feeling the call. Because there's no way, there's no way if this is meant for you. <laughs> and then we can ask each other more questions and get less caught up in the answers and more curious about more questions. Yeah. I like having 
conversations with you because I don't agree with you on a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, that's a mission. That's like a huge mission in mind to get leaders to team up regardless if they agree upon each other. Do you think it's possible for the leaders of countries and kingdoms and tribes to team up with each other even if they don't believe the same about God, money, or sex? Yeah, it's not it's not the belief that's dividing them, it's the greed. Let's let people marinate on that and uh Let's go get some. Let's go get greedy on some watermelon and cheese while we're at it. And get greedy about fun things like that rather well, than about bigger things. That let us know if you like us having conversations about controversial topics because we could definitely do more of those. Yeah, and I'd love to hear from you with a review on the podcast on iTunes. That's extremely advantageous to the gods of the internet known as algorithms so more people can start breaking normal today and create a better world beyond beliefs that divide them. Keep tribing up, y'all. Peace. Yes. And make magic happen. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. <laughs>